This is World Cafe. I'm Raina Duris. Nickelback has zillions of fans. In the decade after releasing their breakout album, Silver Side Up, and the accompanying single, How You Remind Me, every one of their albums went at least platinum. Some of them went diamond, meaning they sold over 10 million copies. That's about as successful as you can get. But they've also had a lot of haters. Maybe you're a fan, but if you are not, or if you've never looked beyond Nickelback's big hits, this is your chance to get to know one of the most polarizing bands of this millennium. They just released their 10th album, Get Rollin', and today I'm joined by frontman Chad Kruger and guitarist Ryan Peake for a candid conversation about songwriting, success, and how the public perception of Nickelback, especially among the haters, has changed in recent years. Oh, and Chad even gets his guitar out at one point for a little demonstration. I think you're really going to enjoy this. It's coming up in just a minute after we go for a quick stroll down memory lane with a bit of their 2005 hit, Photograph. Nickelback on World Cafe. just heard Nickelback on World Cafe. I'm Raina Duris with Chad Kruger and Ryan Peak of Nickelback. They're my guests today. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? Could I have, Hi, Raina. Hi. Could I, could I have each of you introduce yourselves? <laughs> Say your full name just so everyone listening knows whose voice is whose. This is Chad Kruger. And uh, I'll be playing Ryan Peak. I'm so happy to have some fellow Canadians on the show. Um, I've, I've been living in Philly for a while. You guys are people who have spent, you're Canadians who spent a lot of time in America. No one knows what I'm talking about when I say it's so cold that I need a toque. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just really quick oh, yeah. before we jump into the actual stuff, what is the word pronunciation you get made fun of the most for as a Canadian in America? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, it's usually um, the word out. Out. And, yeah. and, and when you're in, you're in America, you say out. That's, it's more of an open out, like out. Out. Yeah. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that's, to, yeah. that's also now pretty it's, telling. It's, that's pretty telling, I think, from Vancouver to Ontario as well, I think. Because it's yeah. out here and it's it's uh, out. Oot. A bit out, a, bit, a little tighter out. Yeah. Uh, Ontario Ontario has a thick accent for sure. Yeah, that's where we I'm We fight from. amongst yeah. each other in Canada as well. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Being able to record at home, and I know, like, you manage yourselves now, and you've had a bunch of time not on the road because of the pandemic. All of those things, I would imagine, gave you a little more freedom with how you organized your time. How did that affect this album? Well, when when there's nobody, you know, when there isn't a manager or a record company sort of towering over you saying, guys, we really need this. You got to hit this deadline. You got to hit this deadline. Otherwise, you're going to run into all these other releases and we're not going to make it in time for this season. And you don't want to be, you know, in such and such a quarter and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, you don't want to hear any of that when you're trying to just be creative. Um, So what it allowed us to do is really procrastinate. (laughs) (laughs) It allowed us... Yeah, the freedom to just record uh, an album 
the slowest we've ever recorded an album in uh, our entire careers. It must have been kind of nice to just relax and play. It was glorious. Yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, you can't always wait for inspiration to strike, but it, it was definitely nice to be able to flush out all these ideas. I, I mean, there's there's always two sides of that coin where you can have analysis paralysis and just like analyze something to death saying, well, we've got to do this and it should be like this. And you might be in a circle and you come right back to where you started. You're like, ah, this the first take was the best or this first idea was the best. But uh, it, it, was, it was nice to kind of do that. I mean, <laughs> everything you do in the studio becomes some sort of a lesson of some sort and you can take that and then into the next project. But uh, it was it was nice to not have somebody you know, forcing a, a due date down your throat. So, I'm speaking with Chad and Ryan on World Cafe from Nickelback. The album opens with the lead single, San Quentin, named for the infamous prison, the one Johnny Cash performed in. And Chad, I understand this all started with a conversation you had with the actual warden of the actual San Quentin prison. Where did this conversation happen? <laughs> I was at a birthday party. A friend of mine was having a birthday party. and Where you meet most wardens, you know. Yeah. Yeah. At California. Yeah. This was a big one though. There's there was like a thousand people in this I don't know what venue it was that was rented for this, but it was this big hall sort of thing and, and um uh there was a band playing and it was a great party. And you know, as you do, you mingle. And I found myself speaking to a guy and he knew what I did and he knew who I was and I asked him what he did and he told me he was the warden for San Quentin, and I didn't believe him because he was just so young. He was just way, way too young to be the warden of an infamous prison like San Quentin, in my mind, in, you know, in the way I was picturing it. And then once everybody around him sort of confirmed to me, they're like, yeah, dude, that's the actual warden for San Quentin. Um, then immediately I just went into, you know, songwriter mode, and, and I, I just couldn't wait to just write down a couple ideas in my phone and just uh you know it's that uh if you've seen the movie uh, uh walk hard with uh with john c Riley, and he plays uh, dewey cox he's having a fight with his wife at one part and uh she's standing i think she's got a baby on her on her hip and she says something and he can he he gets this glazed over look, and she's like, "Don't you do it! Don't you dare do it! Don't you dare write a song right now, Dewey Cox!" <laughs> <laughs> I had that exact look on my face. I'm positive while I was blank staring. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, just just no one's home. Just where? <laughs> yeah. Now I will admit I was being a little sneaky when I asked where it was because I know it was Guy Fieri's birthday party, and I just think it's a very interesting guest list uh, to also include the prison warden. From San Quentin, yeah, yeah. right, right. That, that is kind of. Right. I've never, I've never actually asked that question. Like, well, what was he doing there? I, I was thinking, did Guy do time? Did well, he do time? I'm assuming, know. I'm assuming, due to proximity of where they both live, uh, they've probably done, ah, I don't know, charity sense. events or something together, or who knows. Um, it wouldn't be that difficult uh, to 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 piece those um, those two together, um, but uh, yeah. Great party. Well, let's listen to it. Let's listen to San Quentin. From their, let's do it. From their new album, Get Rollin'. This is Nickelback on World Cafe. Hey, 
You are listening to World Cafe. I'm Raina Duras, hanging out with Chad and Ryan from Nickelback today. That song that you just heard is the opening track from their new album, Get Rollin'. And that song and the next song on the record, Skinny Little Missy, they really lean into metal, like a lot of the stuff on your last album, Feed the Machine. First of all, Ryan, the guitars on Skinny Little Missy, I love them. They're so wicked. So it's such a, that. It's such a... Oh, you know what? That one's all Chad. You can go oh, with that really? one. That one, yeah, that one's all Chad. I they, wasn't Chad. gonna say. I that wasn't okay. gonna say a word. See, not this a is word. How, this is him being very Canadian as well. You could take that one. It's fine. I wasn't like, gonna no, say no. a word. That's no, very I'll, sweet. I'll tell you where it's due, but yeah, no, but that's. Uh, I I actually like. I actually enjoyed that one a bit more than San Quentin, to be honest. Just the the uh, the, the music is. It, it was a really good riff. I really I really liked that one. I'm glad that one made the album. Uh, this time around. I'm going to play the riff really quick. Okay, that was the riff from Skinny Little Missy from Nickelback, who I'm talking to today on World Cafe. I'm not sure if a lot of people realize how deep or how far back your love of metal goes because before you guys were Nickelback way back in the early 90s you were a band called Village Idiot um, I'm not sure which one of you would like to take this but how did your love of metal bring you guys together Ryan you're laughing so I'm going to let you start uh, oh I'm just kind of laughing at it, it's, it's such a ridiculous name but it, it came from Monty Python that, that that's where that actually came from um, but yeah we, we grew up in a small town in Al- Alberta Canada a place called Hannah, 2,900 people. So really quite small. Um, but, and I've referred this before, but there was a book by Chuck Klosterman called Fargo Rock City that really defines how, kind of how we grew up. It was I, I read it and I'm like, my God, this is about our hometown. You know, someone would come from the city, which is a two hours away from a proper music store that, that had some kind of selection of, of, of music. And it's like, bring it, a cassette home and it's like and it would just go across town this is what we're listening to and then and then you kind of find what you liked and then you'd kind of sit with those groups and i remember hearing i remember hearing anthrax for the first time among the living um in hannah and and previously was maybe damage incorporated by metallica and i'm like what is that what is that they just said the f word what is that (laughs) like i've never heard that before and as a you know as a you know a 13 year old kid i was like this is like fascinating to me but i just something exciting about metal and that was really the heyday of metal too with megadeth and testament and it was fun to play guitar with so we would you know that's where we started was like can i i love this can i play it uh and you really would dig in it's it's the classic sit in your bedroom play music all day by yourself until you found somebody oh you play too you play drums there's a, f- a few bands in, in that small town that played rock music, which was really strange. Strangely, for this, yeah, for the size yeah, of the town. For, for that size to have that many, there was, yeah. And, and like, remember there was like, there was rivalries. <laughs> it was kind of like. I don't remember that part, was there? Well, yeah, because you couldn't watch, like anytime a band was learning new tunes, they wouldn't let you in their rehearsal. They'd, oh, yeah, <laughs> not, not. It was kind of like, it's sort of a closed, it's closed session today, bro. <laughs> Yeah. I'm speaking with Chad and Ryan from Nickelback on World Cafe today. Um, Before releasing your breakout third album, Silver Side Up, Chad, your approach to songwriting kind of, I guess, intensified, 
if you want to say it that way. Could you talk about how you started studying and thinking about songs around that time? I guess my biggest learning curve would have been when I stopped being so uh, metaphoric about everything and started being far more literal. Um, people stopped asking what the songs were about. You know, like if a, if, if a song was about um, growing up in a single parent home or um, possibly even something as serious as uh, domestic abuse with uh, Never Again. Um, if you're going to hide behind metaphors with songs like that, you're, it, it, to me, it's just not going to be as impactful. So when lyrics are very blatant and literal and, 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 and to the point of guttural and in your face, you're going you're gonna to drive that home and I love the fact that people stopped asking me what songs were about. <laughs> so. What was, um, if, if you could choose an example of a song by anybody out there that you think is like an expertly crafted song at its basic, bare bones, perfect song, what would that be? Well, we all know what the best song in the world is. Do we? Yeah, it's Hotel California. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, Hotel California. <laughs> this is the great thing. Everyone has a totally different answer for this. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> if you want to just go by popularity alone, the highest selling album of all time is uh, right now is um, Eagles from the album Hotel California. I think second place is Michael Jackson, Thriller. And I think third place is Eagles, Hotel California live. <laughs> so if that doesn't tell you right there, um, it's the most popular song on the planet. Does, um, does popularity equate to perfection, I guess? Yeah, there's another. Have you heard the, the solo? Have you heard the solo? <laughs> Way to discern have you that. Heard That's the, good. Have you heard the, 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 the vocal take <laughs> that... Uh, Chad, are you, know, you an Eagles fan? I, I, I am, but I'm a massive fan of that song. Uh, a huge fan of that too. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place, such a lovely place, such a lovely face. Plenty of room at the Hotel California. Any time of year, any time of year, you can find it here. I'm speaking with Chad and Ryan from Nickelback today on World Cafe. They have a new album out called Get Rollin'. Um, but before we play more from that record, Chad, you know, obviously what you were thinking about with songwriting before Silver Side Up worked for you because the album was a huge success. The song How You Remind Me ended up blowing up super huge. Using that song as an example, how did you sort of apply what you were thinking about to writing that? Well, that, I wasn't really applying anything. I was just, um, was really upset at the time uh, with my girlfriend. And I can't remember what we were arguing about, but um, she was upstairs doing something and I stormed downstairs and I'd had enough. I was just like, I'm going to go grab a guitar and crank up the, the PA and start singing. And that's when I started doing the, the whole uh, uh, 
got into the chorus of the, uh, where is it? Uh, the, Make sure that's tuned, come on. It's, it, it's, it's not, so the, it's not like you to say sorry, was waiting on a different story. And this time I'm mistaken for adding you out with breaking. So when I was singing those lines, when I came up with them, um, I was really, I was really just trying to send a message up the stage, and I just cranked the PA, and I was singing it so loud, I wanted her to hear every line. Um, and then I, and then I wound up walking upstairs, and and I'm just waiting for her to be even more mad and, and say something along the lines of, "Oh, so you're just gonna put our fight into a song right now?" I walk upstairs into the kitchen. She's like, "What was that? That was great." That's that's when you know you've got a good song when your angry girlfriend is like, "That was amazing." Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> you nailed it. I think you nailed it. it was not the uh, that was not the the uh, response I was looking for. Let's listen to a bit of how you remind me of Will Cafe. This is World Cafe. I'm Raina Duris. My guests today are Chad and Ryan from Nickelback. That was Nickelback, How You Remind Me, from their breakthrough album, Silver Side Up, which was released on September 11th, 2001. And releasing an album on that day, I'm imagining, must have been a very strange experience. Ryan, what do you remember from that? Yeah, from that. I know you. I know you. I know you're talking about. I, I remember. I un, you know. I, I think like a lot of people, you remember where you were at that moment. Um, we didn't even consider the album coming out that day till later that day, uh, because I remember our uh, bass player Mike uh, got. We were we were rolling in the bus and he shook me in my bunk. And he said, "You got to watch TV." And you know, this was like eight in the morning or something, and. Um, and then we saw things unfolding and then the bus driver up there, he's like, truckers are saying this and that. And, and, and you know, then the radios were going crazy about what, what might be happening. And I remember there was a frenzy, people stopping, getting water. <laughs> like it was, it was like things were becoming unhinged because it was question marks. Like, well, what, what's going on? Like, you didn't know where it was going. So obviously pretty crazy that day. And we were up near Pennsylvania, I think, where the one plane um, crashed. And we had to do a festival show that day, uh, like a, a state fair, I think, of some sort. And we were just opening for for another band, and and we kept we kept like it was obviously we were everybody was glued to the TV. It was really heavy, depressing day, and we're like, we're not playing today. They're canceling ball games. They're canceling uh, concerts. They're canceling everything except our show. Wh- whoever was promoting that show. They insisted that the, the headliner play and, and and we go on with them. 
And we're just like, wow, really? Okay. And so really ambivalent about, should we even just take a stand here? And just like, what are we doing? Like, I, I remember being really kind of sick to my stomach about that. And the other part like, that no. was strange was that everybody showed up. Well, really? yeah, so like, you know, yeah. This, and, 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 and I'll, I'll say this, Chad handled it really well. And before we even played, he says, I know this is a really heavy day. We all feel it. Uh, and, but we're all here. And for the next 45 minutes, let's try to be your best distraction from all this. We've, we've been inundated with the news from CNN all day and it's been pretty terrible, but let's, let's maybe turn away for a second and it would be your best distraction. And I'm like, I don't know how else you could have handled that because you did need a break. It was like getting hit over the head with a hammer all day with this awful news. And, um, and so that, that at least made it work. Still was, I still don't like how that day went down and it's not a great touchstone for that album, but I mean, it is what it is. I feel like there were a lot of big albums that were released right around that time. And that, it's hard to believe. I mean, it was just over 20 years ago. And yeah. it seems like now there is this new nostalgia from the, the new generation for bands that kind of broke out around that time. I mean, even like 2000s fashion is coming back. Um, people have been watching like Lollapalooza 99. New metal is finally getting some respect. Yeah. Please um, don't dress like me in the 2000s, please. <laughs> this is a public service announcement. Do not dress like we did in the 2000s. <laughs> I regret a lot of that. <laughs> Nickelback has always been a band that people have had an opinion about. With this sort of resurgence, have you noticed a shift in public perception for the band? Chad? Yeah. Um, we, we call it the softening. Um, it really... It seems like, uh, well, we went away for five years. Uh, so I think that helped a lot. And, uh, you know, then we, we, we put out some new music and um, just been seeing a lot of positivity, which is nice, you know. And uh, it seems like the uh, detractors have have uh, put their teeth away, their fangs away for a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful little reprieve. It's a combination, I think, of, of uh, there, there is a, there is a definitely a, the teeth are, are getting put away on, on us these days, and and I've, I've had to think about it a lot too. And we talk about the younger generation kind of discovering this, or, read, or you know, discovering older older bands that they haven't heard before, and they're like, well, I don't get this, what the hate is, and and all that kind of um, that, that insanity that was unexplained insanity for a while. So I, I like that they don't get it and they're just like, I like what I like and it is what it is. The other side I was going to say is I think the older people get, uh, they also start to soften on their, you know, I'm full of piss and vinegar and I've got to, I've got to call out what I want to call out and I'm the tastemaker and it's like, I, what I think is cool and everybody's going to have to know that, especially what I think is not cool. It's not cool to hate stuff anymore the same way I feel like it was once, even if it was like, you're just saying it to like make a joke or whatever. It just doesn't really feel like, it feels like the atmosphere just in general has, has kind of changed around a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit more thought being put into what you said. W words matter. They yeah. do. So that's, it's, it's nice to be here for that. I mean, you guys kept on going through it. You kept on making music. You're obviously very successful. Did that stuff ever get to you? Like, did it affect you on a personal level at all? Or when you were trying to make music? 
Did you take that into the yep. studio? Uh, I, no, I never, never in the studio or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, that stuff can definitely wear on you. We're, we're human beings. We're not robots. Um, funny's funny, but uh, you know, there's a certain point where you're just like, okay, like enough's enough. Um, and you know, it's funny. We, every person, you know, I meet somebody, sign an autograph, take a picture, whatever it might be. They, they're just like, they're like, hey, big fan. I don't get all the hate. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't get all the hate either. So I'm glad you're still a fan. And, you know, the the nice thing was we've been able to, you know, go to every city in the world and play and people still want to hear us play. Uh, and that's a that's a wonderful thing. Um, and we get to still make music. And, you know, so if we get to keep touring and, and, and making albums, um, it can't really have affected us that much. So it is true that your music is. I mean, you know this, very successful all over the world. I once heard it in a tiny cafe beside the Louvre in Paris. I stepped into it and I was like, oh, I'm back in Canada again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how does it feel to stand on a stage in, say, Japan and see everyone sing along to words that you wrote? Chad? Well, that's, that is uh, the most wonderful sense of validation ever. You, you know, you... you you come up with something in your bedroom, you come up with something in a garage, you come up with something in a recording studio, um, you wind up recording it, it goes all over the world, it gets played all over the world, you show up all over the world and you play it for these people and then they sing it back to you. And that's the thing you dream of when you're in the bedroom, when you're in the garage, wherever it is, you're like, can you imagine going on tour and having thousands of people sing this back to us. I mean, that just, you know, that sentence alone and then have it come to fruition. Um, you know, just saying it's a dream come true falls short in every sense of the word. Um, sort of to prove that point, I'm going to play one of your, you know, greatest sing-along songs. I was talking to my friend the other day about this interview. She's from Nashville. She was like, I know all the words to Rockstar. And then I put it on for the first time in forever. And I was like, I know all the words to Rockstar too. So here's <laughs> Rockstar from Nickelback on World Cafe. I'm through with standing in line. The clubs will never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth. And I'm never going to win this. Life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs And a bathroom I can play baseball in And a king size tub big enough for ten plus me For what you need I need a, a credit card that's got no limit And a big black chair with a bedroom in it Gonna join the mile high club at 37,000 feet Been I want a new tour bus full of old guitars My star on Hollywood Boulevard Somewhere between Cher and James Dean is fine for me So how you gonna do it? I'm gonna trade this life for fortune and fame I'll even cut my hair and change my name Cause we all just wanna be big rock stars And live in hilltop buses driving 15 cars The girls come and the drugs come cheap Well, I'll stay skinny Cause we just won't eat And we'll hang out in the coolest bars And the VIP with the movie stars Every good gold digger's gonna wind up there Every playboy bunny with the bleach blonde hair And we'll, hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star 
bit of Rockstar from Nickelback's 2005 album, All the Right Reasons. I'm talking to Chad Kruger and Ryan Peake of Nickelback today. They have a new album called Get Rollin'. Uh, speaking of sing-alongs, you've got a song on your new album, Vegas Bomb, that ends with a literal sing-along. How do you know when you've crafted a perfect sing-along? Like, what are the ingredients for a line or a chorus that everyone is going to sing along to? <laughs> Nanas and hey hey's work really well for that. <laughs> I was gonna say hey hey's are great. Hey's are awesome. Yeah. Like burn it to the ground. Na, 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 yeah, you know. Or the 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 uh, the the Bon Jovi esque woes. You know, whoa. Those are great. You got the, yeah, that kind of stuff. When you whenever the band just stops, like the whole band stops, you just hold the microphone out and the whole place just sings. Then you know you got your. Uh, you got your stadium sing-along right there. That's what we put at the end of those days. We're, ho- we're, we're hoping we're going to get some sing-alongs for that one. We're, we're hoping. We got yeah. we to we have those uh, 80s woes in there. We're going to hear those days in a minute to close things out. And it's a song that has you looking back on being a kid. Um, and nostalgia is a topic that you've visited before. Hits like photograph are very nostalgic feeling. Why is that such a rich source of inspiration, do you think? I think the further you get away from those moments, the more you miss them. You know, the older you get, the more you look back at those times in your life with even greater fondness. Um, And for me, Photograph was really about us growing up in Hannah. And uh, those days is about growing up in the 80s. Uh, Just because those two things coincide for us, that doesn't mean, like for us, when I say, and, and, and this is where I grew up and, you know, and this is where I went to school. I'm really talking about where, you know, where we went to school in our hometown of Hannah, Alberta. Uh, with those days, it, those are broad strokes. Those are very, this is what everybody went through in the 80s. And this is what was on the radio. And this is what everybody did. And kind of like, these are the movies uh, that were made for us in those times. And we all fell in love with them. And, and um, it, you know, that, that nostalgia is a, just a really it's a wonderful feeling, like looking back at those memories, um, hopefully with a, a ton of fondness. You guys have been a big famous band for over two decades now. Maybe you can both answer this in your own way. Do you miss the simplicity of before? Do you feel nostalgic for before things got big and complicated? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there was so much there was so much hard work i mean there now things have like relaxed and everything's on our terms as opposed to make a record go on tour make a record go on tour make a record go on tour uh like now it, it's like we just don't do anything we don't want to do um, we we get we get i i'm not sure nostalgic would be the word i mean it definitely we i guess is partially partially it but I, I am very, very appreciative of those times. And I don't forget those times uh, because the, it, I still like playing smaller clubs and doing stuff like that. But, but it was more of the, the, the nature of us just like we're just pushing forward and pushing forward. And everything was, was always on the slight incline. I, lo- I look back on those days and I appreciate them. And I really do. And, and with that, I appreciate where we're at now even more so. Um, but I, I think that just, it's just part of your fabric at, at, at this point. And I, I feel like we've earned it. It, does, it doesn't matter any other, what anything else, anybody else says. I feel like we have 
earn whatever we've got. We're going to finish things off by listening to Those Days. This is Nickelback on World Cafe. Remember when they played Purple Rain to a first slow dance? Remember when we thought that first base was just holding hands? Those days come back in the dead of night. Those days that felt like another life. What would you be doing back in those days? We'd be turning up the stereo. From their new album, Get Rollin', that was Nickelback with Those Days. I've been talking to Chad Kruger and Ryan Peake of Nickelback today. Chad, Ryan, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. That was great. Thanks for a great interview. Hey, thanks. Can't do it without you guys, so thanks for being here. (laughs) We try. (laughs) I'm Raina Durez, back in a moment with more World Cafe.